Welcome to That's Agritastic, the show that celebrates the scope and diversity of agriculture across the country. I'm Pete Emmons, your host. Joining me is my very special guest. It's Dr. Dave Smith, owner-operator of Freshwater Farms in Urbana, Ohio. And today, we're exploring aquaculture at Freshwater Farms in Urbana. Hey, Dave, welcome to the show. Hey, Pete, glad, I'm glad to be back and that we have a chance to talk about some things. It's, it's been a few years since we last uh, talked about your operation, and I know that things continue to move forward. You've got so much going on all the time. So thank you so much in advance for your time and town out of your ultra-busy schedule for, for letting us inside your farm today. Appreciate that. That's no problem. Now, I understand, and doing some research for the show, and I know we talked about this before, but I understand that your interest, and in actually in the whole industry, and in fishing in particular, started at a very, very early age. Yes, it did. My dad took me fishing before I could walk. So uh, he was a very avid fisherman, but it came back uh, on him when I invited him and he and I helped start this fish farm. So uh, he was an active part of that for almost 30 years. You got to go to Fishtail for us? Yeah. <laughs> so those early days? <laughs> oh, my. Yeah. It's, uh, um, but between that and he was an engineer, so we kind of melded. Uh, our talents together as uh, we uh, approach this project. Very good. Now you uh, ended up uh, doing your undergraduate work at the Ohio State University in marine biology? Uh, yes, before there was a marine biology, it was in uh, biology, of course, but I, I concentrated my studies at Lake Erie and fish studies of, uh, and the like. So there really doesn't sound to me like given your background, that there really was any doubt that you were meant to have a career in aquaculture. Is that a fair assumption? Uh, I think that's a fair thing. I always knew I wanted to be a scientist, but uh, I actually started in horticulture and then switched at Ohio State into following a more aquatic science um, pathway. Very good. And you proceeded to do more studies, uh, again, uh, at the University of Wisconsin-Madison. You had a doctorate there uh, as well, uh, and did some work at LSU with another degree there at LSU too. So then um, after you got through all of the schooling, kind of walk us through what happened then. Well, I was fortunate at UW-Madison. They had an aquaculture research lab that was very hands-on. It was actually off campus. So all of us grad students and the technical staff they had there, we literally built everything, uh, the plumbing. Uh, we had guys right there to put in the electric. We built our tanks and all that stuff for the research, but it was really good. Uh, and we were doing indoor recirculating aquaculture like we ended up adopting here at Freshwater Farms. Uh, but like most academic pursuits, it wasn't geared for an economic approach. So that was our first challenge here. I mean, we went from the university approach was, it only cost $27 a pound to raise fish worth $1.25. <laughs> so we had to get that down to like 75 cents to raise the fish. And we did, but we did a much simpler farm-friendly kind of approach of stuff that we could build and everybody else could build. Excellent. Did some work on saltwater shrimp down south on the coast, on the Gulf Coast area? Yeah, that was my main uh, marine biology work down there was was uh, learning about the, the way the natural shrimp um, populations use the wetlands of Louisiana for the uh, rearing of the young and how far, where, where they go. Um, and but like any serendipity thing that you didn't really plan for, I learned a lot about wetlands, and that's so important in, in recycling and purifying water and all that. 
that I've actually had an opportunity to design and implement with the EPA four big commercial uh, things in Ohio with um, uh, constructed wetland systems and, and things like that, including Young's Dairy uh, near Yellow Springs. Well, well Young's Dairy is a classic for sure. Yeah. So uh, you kind of answered my next question. That is, and we could do a whole show on what I'm going to ask you. And that is when you reflect back on all the experiences that you've had and all your years there at freshwater farms, if you were to like single out like two or three really ultra why wow moments, what would they be? Um, well, sometimes you don't know at the time, but as we were first starting it uh, and people are looking at doing this indoor aquaculture and recycling the water, uh, we took a leap and tried with rainbow trout. Nobody had ever done that because rainbow trout are, is such a fussy fish and requires extremely clean water. And we were able to do it. And as it turns out, we were the first in the world to do that with rainbow trout and recirculating water systems commercially. And there's been a lot of places come and go since we started 40 years ago. And uh, our first production was actually 1986. So I can't go all the way back, but we were still constructing. But anyhow, um, we are now actually the longest operating recirculating indoor uh, fish farm in the country. There's been a lot come and go. And we always kept our heads down financially, you know, trying to keep our costs down, trying to do as much as we could ourselves and not getting a lot of debt and things like that. I mean, it'd be very hard for anybody to start a fish farm or a hog farm for that example. I mean, there's a lot of capital up front, but we started small and grew slowly for the first decade at least. And uh, so that's that's been to our benefit and it's allowed us to try other things. And if we have a failure, it's not a big catastrophic thing. And we go back and, and keep on going. You're in at the get-go and you kind of built on what you started, keep on evolving into that. And after so many years of doing so many different approaches, you, you really know what works and what clicks with that too, I am sure. Uh, you kind of talked a little bit about the, the history, but again, looking at 1986, you established the farm with your father? Well, that's when we actually first produced our trout. We had actually started okay. three years before that. Okay. Uh, so, you know, technically speaking, uh, this November will be our 40th anniversary since we established the farm and, and started fixing up this old chicken farm that, that uh, was here. That's fantastic. Now, talk a little bit more about the actual physical layout of the farm. Right. Uh, well, we actually, the barn, it was only five acres, but it had 60,000 square feet of poultry houses, you know, 300 foot, 350 foot long buildings, which by today's standards for the poultry industry are too small. But to have insulated barn that was already had concrete floors, it was a a steel from uh, the way we, where we were starting it, a very inexpensive uh, thing that we could fix up ourselves. So it was a diamond in the rough, but it had the good, good foundation. And we, early on we put in um, the, you know, the, the water lines, the electrical lines and everything we needed to expand later on. And it's, it served us well. So we're now, uh, our barns are solar heated. I'm sorry. I just, uh, and what, from one of the earliest, I think it was actually that first year, our first uh, winter after we had trout, we started putting solar heaters on the barns. So the barns have been heated by passive solar with uh, ventilation fans into the building. Uh, ever since. And that's how we've always heated these barns. So really, what was the biggest early challenges that you had to really deal with? Was it installing all of those systems that you just alluded to? 
Yeah, it kind of was. I mean, we we start very small and then see if that would work. And if that worked, then we would expand a little bit. You know, when I started with the, the first 350-foot barn, I thought we would never be able to fill up all that space. But uh, we did. And then we went back and actually designed systems that were three times more space efficient and less labor to operate. So we've gone through basically three generations of, of major refinement of our watersmith systems that we've been using here. Um, and early on, we were very hush-hush about what we were doing, but in this business, it's the more the merrier. There is such a overwhelming demand for locally raised fish that we just, our farm is an open book. I mean, we, we don't actively do consulting, which I did for decades, but if people want to come and see and have a paid tour of, of our facilities, we take time to do that. Uh, but it's also, um, yeah, we're, we're not uh, holding any great secrets. It's just how we do it and how it's arranged. It's, it actually works without being so crazy expensive. Gotcha. Being very innovative and cost-effective about what you're doing. Now, you have grown many different types of fish. You mentioned that obviously the rainbow trout, but you also do yellow perch, is that right? Yeah, so that's probably our, our second biggest species. Oh, I worked with those a lot in Wisconsin, how to spawn them, how to raise them. And that's what they were raising indoors. It's a great tank species. They are, love to be in a dense school. They are actually re more relaxed, the more crowded you make them. <laughs> so if you only have a few hundred in a tank, they are just freaking out. But when they're in a the dense school, they are just calm and waiting for the next meal and just uh, not active like rainbow trout. They're just uh, really happy as little clams in there. But we, we tested these species with uh, these tanks with uh, 20 other species. It's like once you've been able to do it with trout and you have clear, clean water and, and, and all that, everything else is a piece of cake. Uh, so it's, we've, you know, all kinds of bass and bluegill and red ears and, and uh, sunfish and uh, all kinds of species, catfish, everything. You raise over 100,000 pounds of fish per year currently? Well, actually, it's a little more than that now. But okay. yeah, we're, uh, we hatch 100,000 trout, but now we're raising them not just to pound size, but to two and three pound size. So our production is pretty much doubled from what it used to be. But we have a, a couple of other facilities now that we're able to take and ranch out some of those trout to full size. We have a spring-fed pond that we, it's only a half acre that we literally ranch those trout to the, the two and three pound size um, and feed them in one spot. And when it's time to harvest, take a large seine and we gather them up out of the, out of the, uh, that pond. But it's a spring-fed pond. It's the right temperature all year round. So it's, it's really ideal for that. Perfect. And you also uh, raise shrimp in the warmer months? We did that for 15 years. Okay. <laughs> we're, we're not right now. Okay. Um, we have other growers in Ohio that are, so they bring their shrimp to our Ohio Fish and Shrimp Festival we have in September. Uh, but we are not right now. We're actually transitioning to raising saltwater shrimp in tanks. They are not carnivorous like the others, and so you can actually raise them together in a tank. So we actually are developing those facilities on the farm right now. Excellent. Now, you mentioned you've become the largest uh, freshwater farm in the state. Now, you do a lot of innovative steps that are ultimately impressive. And the thing that really hit me hard was the uh, use of green technology techniques. Tell us about that. Well, you, you know, you have to. Our first 
uh, one of our first primary goals is to, to use as low energy as possible. So we've designed everything to be low energy use. I mean, compared to some of the other fish farms I've seen that have failed in a comparable system, they were using a seven and a half horse pump where we would be using a one fifth of a horse pump. And some of these other facilities, they would have 40 of these systems and the electrical cost was unbelievable. Uh, so that we've, we've start there. We're actually uh, applying for the USDA grants to in, uh, install photovoltaics on our long barn roofs, which are facing south. And with just using two thirds of our barn space, we can generate 80% of all of our energy use on the farm, which includes our store, our processing plant, our walk-in freezers and coolers, other things that use actually a lot more energy than our fish rearing uh, does. So that's a new thing. And last month we put in our first EV charging station for our customers. It was wow. all that. So we, we hope to expand that as well. Use of cutting edge technology too. Here you go, win-win for the customers, win-win for you too and your operation. We're hoping. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> now you uh, sold your, your fish commercially uh, and to John Q. Public as well? Yes, we, we really, you know, we didn't see how it was going to work out. We helped start the farmer's market here in Champaign County back in 1988 when local foods was not a hot ticket, but it was our way of getting our fish out to the public. And that was how we started. And we did that for many years. Uh, but then we uh, were able to buy a, a meat packing plant that allowed us to expand a little bit. And we started buying trout for live trout from other uh, growers around the six state area. And for 16 years, we wholesaled to 40 customers in Dayton and Columbus. That was a very easy sell because of the freshness and you know the high quality and no contaminants and all that kind of thing. And uh, But then we opened a retail store here at the farm and that has taken virtually all of our production. So we have a, only a few restaurants in Urbana that uh, they come out and pick up their fish, but virtually all of our sales now are retail from our farm market here at the, at the farm. So that is, and we, we do other things with our trout. I mean, we're doing a lot of value added. So that's the other part of um, uh, having a, enough things to sell in the store. And we sell other seafood along with that in the store to fill out the, uh, our offerings. Perfect. Now you do other services besides the selling and the raising of the fish. Uh, you stocking, you set up aquaponds and you've done some things with water fountains as well. Yes. Uh, well, we, we do sell a lot of pond stocking fish and we try our best to give our customers the best pond management advice they can get for a more sustainable type thing. And then another third of our business now is that we uh, manufacture pond aeration and fountains. Uh, that started about 20 some years ago in a small way. And, and we innovated some things that uh, makes our fountains very different from others, uh, cheaper, uh, energy efficient, and they have draw tubes that pull the water from the bottom of a pond instead of just aerating the surface of a pond. So our watersmith fountains are very unique and have become very popular. Excellent. Yeah, they really add a lot to people, especially people are spending more and more time outside on their properties too. Absolutely. And of course, uh, while a lot of businesses struggled during the pandemic, those businesses like ours that were geared toward things going on in people's backyards, we had record years. <laughs> it kept I'm us sure. very busy. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, right now, David, it is time to salute all of our outstanding show sponsors that help make our program possible. 
That does include the Marysville, Ohio branch of Middlefield Bank, the Central Ohio Farm Bureau of Union, Madison, Delaware, and Franklin Counties, Utsi's Farm Market of Plain City, Ohio, our newest sponsor, which is Health Insurance Markets, Michelle Mercer Agency of Dublin, Ohio, the Union County, Ohio Agriculture Society, and the Ohio Ecological Food and Farm Association. You'll find great products and services at all of our show partners. Well, Dave, um, we could uh, continue talking on what we just talked about, but that isn't all that you're involved in with aquaculture in general. You've been very, very instrumental in the Ohio Aquaculture Association, including being named the very first president of the organization, really helped get that launched off the ground many years ago. So share the mission and the services provided out there. Me and a lot of other people and help, and thankfully the help of Ohio State University um, and the extension service. Uh, that, yeah, we started that back in 1991. And uh, after uh, 27 years of being president or on the board, I actually got off the board two years ago. <laughs> so um, there's plenty of competent help to keep that momentum going. But it's it's one of those, like any trade association where you really learn a lot from your other peers and, uh, and other, uh, in this case, other fish farmers. And there's always something new on the horizon and we're dealing with, and we have continuing uh, conversations with our uh, Department of Natural Resource Regulators and Department of Agriculture and all that comes together and it's invaluable. It really is. We always have at least one meeting a year and now we often have multiple meetings that are out in the uh, uh, out and about so people can see existing fish farms and learn about uh, what is involved. And you also have an outstanding annual uh, conference every year too. Yes, it's usually toward the end of January when most fish farmers are sitting at home or in Florida, well, we're, we're going year round here, but <laughs> you go. sometimes I think I'm not so smart, but damn. Oh, no. uh, anyways, uh, doing great advocacy, great education, uh, networking, providing added resources to the farms and promoting the industry in general. So when you look at the scope of aquaculture right now in the entire state of Ohio, uh, now as opposed to five years ago, uh, how would you rate it? Where, where is it headed? Where is it going? Well, it's just about to really expand um we've we've grown from the time we started to just you know a half a dozen fish farms mostly just ponds with stocking fish to where we have over 330 aquaculture farms in ohio um and we're about to have one of the biggest fish farms in ohio open up in north central ohio uh, later this year uh, with aqua bounty a uh, really great company going to be raising trout and salmon indoors and that is going to be a major facility. We will certainly not be the largest anymore. We may still be Ohio's favorite fish farm, but we won't be the largest one. We have so many visitors here and we will continue to be an open book and show people what fish farming is really all about and how environmentally friendly it is. And speaking of providing those uh, great experiences uh, for John Q. Public uh, visitors coming to your farm, I know that your uh, annual fish and shrimp festival that you hold on every September has really taken off. Looks like this is about the 11th year in September. And it's going to be about 9th, 16th, and 23 this year. Time flies, Pete. This will be our 21st. 21st? Well, I am so sorry. <laughs> we, we only missed one in 2020. It would have been our, our 22nd, but we had, to, we had to miss one because of COVID. But uh, we're actually, uh, and the next year it was, no other, no other vendors, just kind of getting back into it. And last year we started to have our vendors and 
bounce houses and all this kind of stuff for kids. And but all the the regular things we have here, uh, the sturgeon petting zoo, and you know, there's lots of other activities all year round. But we really step it up during the uh, the Ohio Fish and Shrimp Festival, which is now three Saturdays in September. The three Saturdays after Labor Day, not Labor Day, but the next three. Uh, before we used to have one weekend and, you know, kind of with weather in September, it can be good. It can be not so great. So now we have three Saturdays. So we make sure we have uh, a time for people to come out and enjoy themselves with lots of live music. You know, we have a permanent stage here that we've developed and, you know, we've just, after 22 years of doing it, we have a lot of things already in place and we're expanding the grounds of the festival as well. Uh, but that's a whole nother story. We could talk another hour on that part. I am sure you really answered my next question, really what sets your festival apart, but after so many years of doing this and having that great entertainment, having all those great hands-on experiences, the sturgeon petting, the trout feeding, all of the exhibits, uh, all of the fresh seafood available, uh, there is something for everybody. So we'll make sure that we put that out for everybody too. And uh, during the year, you also offer uh, people to come in, as you mentioned earlier, for, for tours and uh, exhibits and this sort of thing. Yes, well, and I should point out that it's there's no charge for someone to come and have a self-guided visit. Uh, we have our outdoor things, but we have most of our, like the sturgeon petting zoo and the salamanders and toads and crawfish and turtles and things that, that uh, people can have close encounters with, uh, that's in, indoors in our solar heated barn. So it really is a, a year-round place to come out and have some fun. There's nothing like actually seeing and experiencing uh, aquaculture firsthand. We could talk about it all day, but unless you've actually seen it, that takes it to a whole another level. So encourage everybody to come out to Freshwater Farms in Urbana. Uh, take a look for yourself and uh, go in that retail store, get yourself some freshwater fish as well. Um, lots of things for everybody and mark that event on your calendar again in September for the Fish and Shrimp Festival event. Well, Dave, as we look into our magic ag crystal ball here, and, and we look at aquaculture and what potentially is happening in the next three, five years, and oh my gosh, even beyond that, where, where do you see things evolving to and how will that impact operations such as yours? Well, one of the things we, we know that's going to be happening in that time frame is that, uh, especially in Ohio and the Midwest, the what's called aquaponics, which is the marriage of aqua, aquaculture raising fish and hydroponics raising plants, the cycling of water and, and nutrients between the two ends up being better than both alone. So it ends up that uh, aquaponics is where we're seeing things. So while you see, you're seeing the trend of indoor culture of lettuce and basil and, and uh, uh, more produce being raised back in the Midwest again in greenhouses, the next part of that is going to be putting fish rearing systems aquaculture in conjunction with that. There's a lot of reasons why that works. It has a lot to do with the natural microbiomes that you may be hearing more and more about, but it's striking the difference. I mean, when plants uh, such as lettuce or whatever are combined with the fish waste, the root systems grow four times as much. They grow faster. They're, they're doing this with tree saplings or doing it with all kinds of things. So just a benefit there that uh, mother nature intended way back when, but we've just kind of ignored. And so having that more natural system of closing the loop on water and nutrient recycling really works. 
So it's, it's a part that's going to happen. Yep. And that demand is key, as you mentioned, that demand for that local fresh product is continuing to grow and where it stops, uh, nobody, nobody knows. Too. That's right. This for virtually anything, tomatoes, strawberries, you know, not just uh, sour greens. So it's a, it's a quite expansive uh, uh, range of potentials that people have known about for a while, but it's finally happening on a commercial basis. Dave, I know we could easily talk four or five more hours, and we still, I don't know if we still get to the bottom of everything that, that, uh, that, that you have going on there uh, with your outstanding operation. If I could learn, stop that clock right now, and if I knew how to do it, I'd shatter it right now so we could continue our conversation today. But we'll continue conversation later at another time for sure. But again, you've given us a great capsulized look at freshwater farms and aquaculture in the state of Ohio. What's a final special closing message that you'd like to share with our listeners today? I, I guess one of the things that we come up against since we deal with the public so much is that there's voices out there with a lot of misinformation as happens in almost every field. And there's a lot of misunderstanding about fish farming versus wild caught fish and things like that. But, and we know the truth will come out eventually, but US raised farm fish is contaminant free. And the only time we have contamination issues are with the wild, but in the U.S., that's also regulated. So in general, it's all good, and it's all good for you. But a lot of people are hearing some of this negative stuff that just isn't true when it comes to fish farming. So that's part of the reason we're an open book, you know, that we allow people to come come and see for yourself. And, you know, that's uh, we're very proud to show off how we do things here. Freshwater farm. Food is the real deal, and it's good for, for all. So experience it firsthand is what you are saying. Dave, you're all over social media. Put out some of those sites, and we'll post some of those on our show Facebook page later on, too. Okay. Uh, what You're on uh, Facebook, and you're on, you have a website. Oh, yes. Uh, our, our website is fwfarms.com. Very simple. fwfarms.com. And again, I know that you're on Facebook as well. We'll make sure that we post that information. Hey, again, thank you so much uh, for coming on the show today. Hey, I wish you the very best uh, this as you prepare for the spring and, looking, and look forward to really uh, continuing our conversation at multiple other times as well going forth. So again, thank you so much, Dave. Thank you, Pete. And I appreciate the job you do getting the word out about agriculture. We win together. We all win together for sure. And as yes. we wrap up, a final acknowledgement of all of our great show sponsors. That does include the Central Ohio Farm Bureau of Union, Madison, Delaware, and Franklin Counties, a grassroots organization dedicated to strengthening and sustaining agriculture through policy advocacy, professional development, resource provisions, and outstanding member benefits. You can find them on Facebook at Central Ohio Farm Bureau. And for more info, you can contact Melinda Lee, the organization director, mlee at ofbf.org. That's mlee at ofbf.org. UTC's Farm Market, of Plain City, Ohio. Hey, it's your one-stop shop for all your favorite Amish cheeses. And I know personally, they have over 30, 30 types of cheeses, deli meats, baked goods, and fresh local produce. They're located on Converse F Road off of Route 42 in Plain City. They're open Monday to Saturday, nine to five. You can find them on Facebook and be sure to order online. Utsi's Farm Market, it's worth the drive. The Union County, Ohio Agriculture Society, dedicated to enhancing quality ag events and practices to make positive community impacts. For additional information, contact Mike Schnell, ucmgr at gmail.com, ucfmgr 
www.marysvillehiobank.com. The Marysville, Ohio branch of the Middlefield Bank Company, offering top-of-the-line financial services and products for ag, residential, and commercial at great rates. They're located on Coleman's Crossing in Marysville. They're open Monday to Friday, 9 to 5, and Saturdays, 9 to noon. Our newest sponsor, Health Markets Insurance, Michelle Mercer Agency of Dublin, Ohio, offering a wide diversity of insurance products to fit the needs of all consumers. Contact Michelle today for a free consultation at mmercer at healthmarkets.com, mmercer at healthmarkets.com, or you can call her at 614-606-4222, 614-606-4222, and the Ohio Ecological Food and Farm Association. Cultivating a future in which sustainable and organic farmers thrive. Local food nourishes our communities and ag practices protect and enhance our communities. Hey, now is the perfect time to become a member, offering mega benefits, including organic certification, educational events led by experts, one-on-one -on -one technical support to grow and sustain your business. Contact today at oeffa.org. That's oeffa.org. Your patronage and support of all of our show sponsors makes a huge difference. Well, join us again tomorrow as we explore the Ohio Till Farmstead in Marysville, Ohio with special guest Tim Schlatt. You can follow us on Facebook at That's Agritastic for show details, important ag announcements, interesting ag stories, and more. And be sure to check out our new website at thatsagritasticshow.uniweb.com. Until the next time, this is Pete Emmons saying, make it an agri-great day.